Welcome to How Leaders Lead. I'm Kula Callahan here to bring you another edition of Three More Questions with David Novak. Well, thanks, Kula. And today we're discussing my conversation with Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. Brian took over Target eight years ago when it was really in a downturn, and he had to do what it takes to really turn that business around. But he really believed in the brand, and he really believed in his people, and he really looked really hard at what needed to be done. And believe me, this guy has been on a tear. He has attacked this business and made some really big things happen. The interview is fantastic, but I want to dive right into the three questions for today's three more questions. So let's get into it. All right. Hit me with those questions. I'm ready to go. All right. Question number one. In your interview, Brian talks about the tough decision he made to shut down the Canadian piece of the Target business and focus on their U.S. market. And before he made that decision, he got crystal clear on why that Canadian business was failing. David, I'm curious, do you have any tools that you can offer leaders that will help them really understand the reality of their business before making a big decision like Brian did? Well, you know, when you go into a new job or you go into a turnaround situation, the first thing you have to do is understand the reality of the situation you're facing. And I always focus on four realities. The first is the customer reality. Nothing should motivate you more than what your customers are telling you. So you really got to understand, you know, how consumers are really thinking about your business. The second thing is the team reality. Figure out what your team really thinks about and what's working and what's not working because you got to be able to motivate your team to execute. The third thing is the competitive reality. Know how you stack up in comparison to your competitors and also look at them as a source of ideas and possible ways that you might attack the business. And last but not least, there's always the financial reality. Know your numbers and compare them to past performance so that you can really lay out to the team exactly where you stand and where you need to go. But if you understand the customers, the team members, the competitor, and the financial reality, you can identify the reality that everybody needs to, to face as you go forward. And the best thing you can do, Kula, is to do it together. Because when you get people defining reality together, that creates a shared experience, which really provides an alignment that will help you as you go towards turning the business around or achieving whatever you might want to achieve with your team. I love this tool. It's so simple, but it really makes you focus on the basics of the business, which we've talked about on this podcast before. A lot of people just get so bogged down in the day-to-day that they lose sight of the basics of the business. So this four realities tool is a really helpful way to just stay crystal clear and laser focused on what really matters. You know, cool. I always do these daily tweets, daily inspirations. And interestingly enough, I tweeted today, you need to remember what you already know. And that's because so many times we lose track of the basics that really drive performance. My mentor, Andy Pearson, always had this saying, see the world the way how it really is, not the way you want it to be. And a lot of times leaders get so internally focused, they just kind of go along and look at their business as same old, same old. Meanwhile, the whole world is changing around them. You know, so one of the things you have to do is really be externally focused 
and understand how the key constituencies are, are really seeing the world and what's really going on in your business. And a lot of times that's painful, particularly if you've been in the seat for a while. If you've been in that seat and your business is not performing the way how it should, a lot of times people like to turn their head to it because it's just too painful to recognize that, hey, I should be doing a heck of a lot better job. All right, question number two. Brian knows how important it is to ask questions that gather insight. He's a leader who truly listens to his team or his colleagues before he makes a statement or makes a judgment. David, talk to me about the value of being a great listener as a leader. Well, I think it's really important to ask those questions. And, you know, my three favorites, which I always talk about, is what's working, what's not working, and what would you do if you were me? And when you ask those questions, you always get incredible insight. But listening is so important for every leader to really internalize and make a part of the way how they lead. Because the most powerful way to motivate someone is to truly listen to them. You know, everyone wants to be noticed and heard, and listening does just that. You know, when you listen to someone, you can say, you said this, and that's what we're going to do. And that really says that you value their input. But, you know, listening also doesn't mean that you have to always agree with what people are saying. But when you listen to them, you say, hey, look, you know, I really care about what you have to say. In this particular situation, I don't agree, and we're going to go to a different direction. But when you do that, you know, it really gives you the opportunity uh, to force people into a situation where, hey, this guy or this woman is really listening to me. You know, maybe we're going a different direction, but I got to follow them until we get some new data that says maybe we're going the wrong direction. In fact, I call that team together, team apart. You know, listen Everybody listen to what everybody has to say, make a decision, and because you've taken the time to listen, you can ask everybody to execute it until you learn that maybe what you're executing isn't as successful as you might have thought it should have been. And and last but not least, you know, the thing that listening really does, it's the best way I know of to say what you do really matters and what you do really counts. And when you connect with your people, you're heading towards home as a leader. You know, David, you make a really good point. I mean, there's nothing more defeating than working for someone that doesn't listen to you. Because at a certain point, you know, after you've voiced your opinion or offered them insight and they continue to not listen, it's like, what's the point of even speaking up anymore? Absolutely. It just takes all the air out of the balloon and you kind of give up. And when you have a workforce that gives up because they're not heard, you're heading for trouble. All right. Question number three. Brian places importance on managing his mental and physical energy each and every day. David, what are some of the things that you do to balance your energy? Well, first of all, I'd like to just talk about what I observed from Brian. The thing about Brian that is so powerful is that he really knows how to focus. Wasn't it interesting that he comes out of this national meeting that he's having with his target team where he's got thousands of people there and, and you know, he's got to be on 1,000% as the CEO. And he comes right in and, and he focuses on the conversation we had on how leaders lead and he gave it his all. You wouldn't have known he had a meeting like that. And I think that kind of focus is so critical. And he's able to move from meeting to meeting and do just that. And, you know, that's really hard to do. It's very hard to go from one thing to the next and stay really focused. But he is so good at being here now, being in the moment. I can't say that I'm even close to as good as he is at doing that. But, you know, one thing that I always try to do 
to really get my physical energy and my mental energy in the right state is I really practice the breathing. You know, when you do that five counts in and five counts out and you really breathe, you know, it really kind of gets you into a neutral state and gets you calmed down so that you can be here now and you can focus 100% at whatever needs to be focused on at that particular time. The other thing that, you know, I've always done cool is, you know, I really believe in quiet time. You know, every morning I do get up and I do my daily workout, but I spend time, you know, thinking about, you know, why I should be grateful for the job that I have. And, you know, I just get my dog, Theo, put him on my lap and just kind of enjoy him and just kind of settle into the day. And as long as he'll lay there, you know, I let him lay there and I, I really enjoy it. And of course, as soon as he hears a noise, he's on to the next thing. He's not be here now. But, you know, for me, it does really help calm me down. You know, that practical skill of detachment breathing really does bring you back to the present moment in a way that most things can't. You know, we breathe all the time. We have to, to live, right? But when you're intentional about it, it's such a powerful tool. I teach yoga and basically the practice of yoga is just all about breathing. And it's funny how often we forget to breathe because you know, sometimes if you have anxiety or you're in a fearful situation, you hold your breath. And all that does is speed up the anxiety and speed up your heart rate and kind of get you out of the present moment. But concentrated, focused breathing just allows you, again, to come back to what's actually happening so that you can move forward in a state that isn't as heightened. You know, you use a word that I love, intentional. You know, I talk about intentionality all the time. And I think that's also a part of focus. When you're really intentional on something, you don't let anything get in the way of you dealing with what you got to deal with to get it done. And so that intentionality is a key factor on how to really stay focused and win in, in business and in life. You're absolutely right. And we can learn a lot from your conversation with Brian Cornell about being an intentional leader. So if you haven't listened to that full episode, go back into the feed and give it a listen. I promise you will not regret it. Well, that does it for us today in our three more questions episode. Thank you again for tuning in to How Leaders Lead. We're on a mission to make the world a better place by developing better leaders. And if you carve out a little time with us each and every week, we'll help you build the confidence you need to lead well. And tune in this Thursday with my conversation with Jeff Yang, who's backed companies like Stripe, Netflix, Sonos, and DraftKings as the founding partner and managing director of Redpoint Ventures one of the greatest investment companies in the world. 